Hello and welcome to the mystery room. I'm Abby. I'm Shannon. We uh, we did take a two week break, so we are very sorry. Shannon has already said that it wasn't her choice. It wasn't my fault. I've been nagging for the last two weeks. When are we going to record? When are we going to record? I know. In all honesty, Abby doesn't actually have a genuine like so. She's an apprentice yeah. and she had a couple of exams. So she was really revising for exams, which is fine, which I totally get. I Thank mean, you. it's not just like she sat there at home going, yeah, yeah. Like she did actually really want to do this and she did feel bad, let me down. So I let her off. Thank you for, thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for explaining for me. That's lovely. Yeah. So that was basically it. That's the gist. Uh, but we're back now. It's really hard because obviously this isn't our full time job. So we have jobs. We have yeah. Monday to Friday jobs. I work a lot of overtime as well at the minute. You've obviously got exams and stuff now and again pop up, which is fine. Like, if this was obviously our full-time job, we'd be more on it. Yeah. But we do have, unfortunately, like, people understand life pops up, things happen. Yeah. I'm quite proud of us for actually sticking to it, to be honest. There will be another break at the end of August because we're both going on holiday, actually for yes. a long weekend so we probably will not have time to record and publish yes but no it's what it is i'm sure people understand i'm sure they get it because life just does get in the way sometimes i mean um i'm single now so i've got no i've got no life so i'm pretty much raring to go whenever because um <laughs> that's it my my life come to a stop so it's like i've got nothing better to do with my time than to sit and wait for abby <laughs> to become free and available oh don't say that you have a life Okay, well, anyway, on to the wine. So, today we are drinking Portland Bay White Zinfandel Rosé. We drink a lot of Zinf White Zinfandel. It's very nice. It's just really sweet, isn't it? Yeah. I like sweet wines. I like it. I want to find more reds that I like. Been going on a bit of a non-alcoholic journey over the past few weeks. And I bought a non-alcoholic red. And I'm not going to lie, it just tasted like squash, like blackcurrant squash. Even looked like squash. So you, you weren't drinking Ribena? I think I probably was, to be honest. I reckon they just poured Ribena into a wine bottle and... And every day this week, all I've come home and said, Abby, let's get litty this weekend. <laughs> now she's single. <laughs> and then I'm like, life. Let's, let's go party and I want to bust some shapes. <laughs> but she's not keen, so... I'm not uh... keen. Just not on a Saturday night when we've got to do a car boot sale the next morning. These wifed off people, come on. <laughs> That's a sense of adventure. <laughs> Oh god, right. Let's get on with the case. So this one this case that we're doing today was really actually quite hard to research because it's not well known at all. And it actually took a while for the person for the victim to be identified. Um it was actually only identified recently and it's quite an old case. So yeah, so today we'll be talking about the horrifying case of Joseph Augustus Zarelli also known as the boy in the box. For years, Joseph was a John Doe, which means that it's n they're unidentified bodies. So you get Jane Doe for a woman and John Doe for a man. Is what you don't know. Is what you call someone when you don't know who they are. But what about if you're non-binary? Don't even start <laughs> on that, please. Okay. <laughs> don't okay. even. Okay, sorry. We will get people coming for us. Okay. <laughs> So yes, Joseph was a John Doe whose naked, beaten body was found in a box on the side of Susquehanna Road in Philadelphia. What happened to this poor four-year-old boy and why was his identity unknown for over 65 years? On February 25th, 1957, 
a young man was checking his rat traps in the woods off Susquehanna Road in Philadelphia. Whilst checking them, he discovered a little boy's body in a box. Worried that the police would confiscate his traps, he did not tell them about his discovery. A few days later, a student at a nearby college... Nearby. <laughs> a few days later, a student at a nearby college was in his car trying to get a good look at the girls enrolled at the youth's home, when he noticed a rabbit running into an underbush. Knowing about the traps, he stopped his car to go and have a look. This is when he also discovered the naked and badly beaten body of four-year-old Joseph Augustus Zarelli. His body was in a cardboard box wrapped in a flannel blanket that once contained a bassinet. Um, so just remember this bassinet because it does come up later on in the theories. Joseph's hair had been recently cut, potentially after his death, as clumps of his hair were just clinging onto his head. There were also signs of severe malnourishment, as well as scars on his ankle and groin, which looked like surgical scars. There was also another scar under his chin in the shape of an L. Investigators determined that he was beaten to death. Originally, the student also didn't want to speak to the police, as he thought it was a doll at first glimpse, and carried on his way. However, when he found out the following day that another young girl had gone missing, he reported it. When the police received the report on February the 26th, 1957, they immediately started an investigation. Starting with his body, Joseph's fingerprints were taken and his body was investigated to determine what the cause of death was. They believed that the killer had tried to disguise him due to his newly cut hair and freshly cut nails. His feet and right hand were also described as looking pruney, suggesting that he had been in water. Hate the feel of pruny fingers. You know? Not a fan. Like I said, when you get out of the bath and you're just all like... You look like an old lady. A raisin. Yeah. Police were hoping that somebody would come forward with some helpful information. However, this didn't happen. Over the next six decades, thousands of leads were investigated to identify Joseph. Despite all the clues they were given, a facial reconstruction and many flyers that were distributed, his identity remained unknown. Leads including one that was a Hungarian refugee, a kidnap victim from 1955. Some leads seemed more promising than others, but yet none of them led anywhere crucial. So Joseph was born on the 13th of January 1953. He was said to have lived near 61st and Market Street in West Philadelphia. He was born to parents Augustus John Zarelli and Mary Elizabeth Plunkett. Initially, his parents' identities remained a secret out of respect for Joseph's living relatives, but they were revealed in January this year after a journalist managed to find out from research. Unfortunately, Mary died in 1991 and Augustus died in 2014, meaning that they never got the closure of what happened to their son. From what we could find, he did have three siblings, Michael Zarelli and two others whose names we do not know. We do know that he has half-siblings that are still alive. Sadly, because he was only four and remained unknown for many years, we don't know anything about his childhood. Mary was 21 when she gave birth to Joseph and he was born out of wedlock, which was gravely frowned upon upon those days. A close relative did go on to say that he could have been put up for adoption and that there is no suggestion Joseph's parents had anything to do with his death. This case captured so much attention in Philadelphia 
with the Philadelphia Inquirer printing out 400,000 flyers depicting the boy's likeness. They were posted everywhere and were even included with every gas bill in the mail. So many police academy recruits went over this, with no clues leading anywhere. A post-mortem photo was issued of Joseph, fully dressed and in a seated position, hoping that this would lead them somewhere. For nearly 40 years, the case went nowhere. In 1998, his body was exhumed to extract DNA from a tooth. However, no connection was made. In 2017, a distant family member named Thomas had taken a DNA test. The results were then uploaded onto the database. Forensic genealogist Misty Gillis compared Joseph's DNA with millions of other samples, including Thomas's. She got in contact with him and told him that he might be a match in a cold case. Following this, Thomas put Misty in touch with his mother, who agreed to take a DNA test. This test revealed that she was likely a first cousin of Joseph, and this also helped Misty confirm the identity of his birth father. The second sample wasn't taken again until April 2019 to retrieve additional samples, where Misty aided in the three-year journey of identifying Joseph. On the 30th of November 2022, police announced that they had solved the case through advances in DNA technology, and then on the 8th of December 2022, Joseph's name was released to the public for the first time in 65 years. One thing I will say, though, which I have just thought about, they said that they'd solved the case. Yeah. They hadn't. What they'd done is just found the identity of the victim. Yeah, it's not solving what had actually happened to the victim. Exactly. And we'll talk about it at the end, like, about our theories, but, spoiler, you don't know what happens. You don't, you don't, you never know what happens. Really annoying. Isn't it? Because I want to know what happened to him. Yeah. There were a few theories surrounding this. One theory involved a foster home, 1.5 miles away from where Joseph's body was found. In 1960, a man named Remington Bristow was an employee at a medical examiner's office who contacted a psychic who told him to look for a house that matched a foster home. When the psychic was led to the site of the body, she led Remington straight to the foster home. Once they were there, Remington found a bassinet similar to the one that was once in the cardboard box that Joseph was found in. He also found blankets hanging on the clothesline, also similar to the one Joseph's body was wrapped in. Remington initially believed that Joseph, before he was identified, was the son of the stepdaughter of the man who was in charge at the foster home and that they got rid of the body so the stepdaughter would not be exposed as an unwed mother. However, this fear is proven as false in 1998 when police lieutenant Tom Augustine and a group of retired police officers interviewed the foster father and stepdaughter. They had actually got married. The foster home investigation was then closed. Which I personally think it should still be open because that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that earlier, weren't we? Like, it's just... You married your stepdaughter. Yeah, that's really sick. That is that is sick. Me and Abby were just saying, like, a lot of things are allowed in America. Like, oh, yeah. Things, like... Yeah. And, like, we're, we're watching a programme. A guy had met his mum for, like, the first time in loads... God knows how many years. And they fell for each other and ended up getting together. Like... I know that you don't know them, but that's still your biological, like, you're still biologically related. Yeah. That, that's weird. That's, yeah. that's incest. Yeah. And I thought, is. I thought incest was illegal in America, but... I think in some states it isn't. That's what I mean. Like, why is it not illegal everywhere? You can't shag your mum in the UK. That is illegal. 
You would go to prison. You can. You can't drink until you're 21. Yes, which but... is really weird. But you can shag your mum. <laughs> My dad's just weird. <laughs> you can so get married great. to your dad. You can marry your granddad. You can marry your grandma. That's just weird. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know what goes through their heads when they make up these laws. And it's like you can buy a gun. You can't buy a gun in the UK. I know, and I'm really, I'm so glad Same. that we have that law. Like, so glad. You have to have a license, don't you? Yeah, you have to have a license. And people, because my friend, boyfriend, he has one in the house. People have to come round, like, every so often and make sure that it's securely in a locked cabinet out of reach out of, like, children's stuff. Like, it has to be, like, has to fit the standards. Yeah, see. Otherwise, you can have your gun license taken away from you. See, that's why we're a good country in some aspects. Another theory was then brought up in February 2002 by a woman named Martha, or M as her identity isn't actually known. M accused her mother of killing the child, but police were quite sceptical due to the woman's history of mental illness. She had said that her mother and father bought Joseph from his birth parents in the summer of 1954 after he was beaten to death and his body left in a box abandoned. However, neighbours of the lady denied that there had been a young boy living there and police were unable to verify the story. There have been several different theories over the years, but none of them have been proven to be likely or plausible. Police have said that Joseph's death is still an active homicide inf- investigation and that they still need the public's help. Because this case is so old, it is unlikely that anyone will come forward now, but they are hoping that someone out there would have seen Joseph, maybe a family member that hasn't stepped forward, or a neighbour, and remembers what was occurring at that household. So like I said at the beginning, it was really hard to find any information on this case, and that was about as good as it gets. But it's really weird how they went to his foster home and everything was similar to what Joseph was wrapped in. So did his mum put him up for adoption? I mean, it seemed quite plausible. Yeah, but then his biological parents from DNA testing hmm. was then found to be Mary and... Yeah. So how would that stepdaughter, if it, it was biologically proven, that stepdaughter obviously didn't give birth to him because DNA tests but it doesn't don't... mean that she didn't give him up for adoption and put him in the foster home they were obviously saying that they got that the stepdad and the stepdaughter got rid of him because she had the child out of yeah but this is what I'm saying like so his mum the actual mum yeah could have gotten rid of him because she couldn't have a baby out of wedlock left him at the foster home something happened at the foster home and that's why they got rid of the boy because that maybe that's why his mum because I just find it very odd that like if your son has gone missing, you don't leave it for 65 years. You say, my son's missing. Any parent would say, my son's missing. They would come forward if they saw anything on the news suggesting that a little boy had been found. Yeah, do you know what? So this is what doesn't make sense to me. This yeah. is why I think, because she had him out of wedlock, and back then you weren't really meant to have children out of wedlock, kind of dropped the baby outside this foster home. Mm. and kind of just walked away that's why she didn't know that it was her son what i can say to that is we don't actually know she reported him missing because obviously she's dead now and the child was unknown for so many years so i don't we don't actually know if she did report it or not but then if they're saying they sent flies around to everyone's door surely she would have got a fly off this boy and been like shit that's my son this is this is what doesn't make sense yeah so i actually don't think the mum knew I think the mum got rid of him because she couldn't have the baby. I just want the half siblings to come forward. Maybe they know, maybe they like have an idea. Maybe they killed him. Oh. Sorry, that sounds a bit savage. A bit savage, yeah. But 
I think that theory from that woman, Martha or M, I think that's uh, the most unlikely theory of them all. But now you've mentioned it, I think maybe, yeah, the foster home is probably... Yeah, I reckon she dropped her off at the foster home, him dropped off at the foster home because she couldn't have the baby because it was frowned upon. And she turned her back. She went off to... But she always told her... She always told her other kids that they had a sibling. Um, One thing I do have to say, and I didn't actually mention it in here, was that all kids in that foster home were accounted for. Oh, okay. So actually, yeah, I probably should have put that in there because that's probably a bit of crucial information. I don't know. It's just so hard to know what actually happened to him because, like I said, there's not a lot of information out there. And the only people that probably do know what happened to him are dead. Yeah, it's such an old case. It's like the first ever case we did with um Joyce. Where it's such an old case and mm-hmm. like no one could step forward. Yeah. Police can say a lot that it's, oh yeah, it's still active and we're still looking into it. But there's only so much you can look into. Like, it's got to come to a point where... Just, it is just a cold case. Yeah. And you're never going to know. And unfortunately, it probably was a massive freak accident, which didn't mean to happen. Why, why was his hair freshly cut? Why was his nails freshly cut? That's what I mean. That's what I don't understand. And... It's like, surely if it was his mum... He was severely malnourished as well. Found severely malnourished. Unless the mum did give him up, give him someone. Yeah. This sort of, like I like to think that the mum wasn't that evil and treated him really bad, and the other kids fine. It's just it's it's really hard. It's really hard. I don't think I can come up with a conclusive theory because I really honestly just don't know. It's so hard because of the lack of information out there. I mean, signs to me are pointing towards family, something to do with him being given up for adoption and potentially that foster home. But I don't, I, like, what I'm saying is, I don't think it was a random murder. I think it had to be someone that he knew. I reckon he was given up. That's why his mum didn't say, Oh, that's my son. And I reckon, unfortunately, he went to a really horrible family, didn't care about him. That's really sad. Like, four years old. But then that happens now, like, today as well. You hear about people people's own family doing it to them and it is it's sad like people out there can't have kids or struggle to have kids and then there's people out there doing that to kids Mm -hmm. and it's just it's so unfair it is it's disgusting it really is so just to end with a bit of a tribute to joseph his current resting place is at ivy hill cemetery in philadelphia the plot was donated by the cemetery themselves his coffin headstone and service were donated by the son of the man who buried joseph in 1957 many members of the public attended this service along with plenty of media coverage at the reburial his headstone is engraved with the words america's unknown child with a plaque underneath reading heavenly father bless this unknown boy this was obviously before his identity was revealed and on the 13th of january this year a new memorial containing Joseph's full name and image was unveiled, along with the addition of his name to the existing headstone. To this day, residents keep the grave decorated with flowers and toys. That's so nice. Yeah, isn't it? Like, that is lovely. When I read that, I was like... There is, there is some hope out there. There's some decent people. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, we're really sorry about the lack of information to that case. It's so old and... If anyone does have any information, let us know, because it is quite interesting to know. Yeah. If, yeah, if anyone's really been thoroughly looking into this, like, I've seen quite a few people who have, like, spent a lot of their time dedicating their time to solving this. So if anyone does, you know, know anything that... Maybe we missed. Yeah, just let us know, because we'd love to do an update. We shall end it there. Yeah. So like we said, if you do have any more information regarding this case, just let us know. Pop us an email, which is in the is in the bio of our 
social media accounts if you don't follow us already so instagram is the mystery room pod on facebook we are the mystery room podcast and obviously you can find us on patreon uh we're still debating whether to start a tiktok or not but yeah like follow rate give us some criticism if you want we're all up for any feedback good or bad let us know what we could do better let us know what we could do worse you know hopefully we're doing fabulous well yeah i think we are i think we are well apart from our two weeks off we hope you have a lovely weekend yes and we certainly will will. yes (laughs) and we will see you next friday yes enjoy Bye. bye